Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hi everyone, welcome to Life on Earth. This is Natalie, your host. I'm with a very special guest, my dear friend, Yogini Brooke. Hi. Hi. I'm going to let you say your whole name because we were just like kind of <laughs> d- laughing about how the pronunciation of the last name. Yeah. So I'm Brooke Bodo. <laughs> yeah. um, we were just laughing because I, we pronounced my last name wrong. It's French, and Natalie speaks French and is part French, so she knows the correct way to say it. But you know what, what too, that I was just thinking? That it might be, you know how, like, in Cajun, because New Orleans has so yeah. much of the Cajun stuff? Because if it was, like, in the France, I would say uh, Brooke Badois, you know? Yeah. But then here, like, the Bodo is, like, the, I feel like that's kind of, like, the it's the Cajun influence. Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like we don't yeah. pronounce really anything right <laughs> around here. No. Well, it, it's we got own twist to it's it. got a lot of charm. Let's just <laughs> yes, put exactly. it that way. I really it. like it. Yeah, I mean the French, the Cajun French. In you know, when I first moved here many years ago, I moved from uh, Paris. I used to live in Paris, and I met some people. I went to Lafayette, Louisiana, and stuff, and yeah. and they spoke the Cajun French. And I th- we thought it was going to be like exactly the same, but we can definitely understand each other. Yeah. But there's like the accent is so different. You know. Yeah, my grandmother on my mom side her first language is Cajun French oh really yeah I love it I think it's so charming and so cool it is it's awesome I mean I think so too I don't know how to speak any of it (laughs) because she moved here whenever she was one so she lived in the bayou and when she moved over here to New Orleans when she was I said one she was in first grade the nuns at her school wouldn't let her speak it they made her speak English so she didn't really teach her children it whenever she got older because it was like in her brain that she mm-hmm. needed to speak English and not Cajun French, <laughs> which is so weird, like crazy. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I wish that they actually would cultivate even more. Yeah, I'm sure that too. there are some efforts because I've heard that uh, to cultivate the Cajun French and the French culture in New Orleans or is it New Orleans? Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As it, exactly. It's like so many ways. Okay, let me try a few. New Orleans, yeah. Nolans, Nolans, or New Orleans. Yeah. What do you? What, how do you think? What, what do you say? I what say New Orleans, say? but I mm-hmm. hear so many different ways. I know. Or you can just abbreviate it and just go to Nola. Nola. That's the latest. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> hashtag 2018. <Yeah>. Nola. <laughs> Nola. Anyways, uh, Brooke is the owner of Soulful Yoga. And she is also the owner of her plant plant business called Just Grow With It. Did I say it right? Yeah. 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 And how do you like having your studio? I love it. It's really, it's been a really big learning experience mm-hmm. for sure. I learned so much. I've, lear- I've yeah. opened in June and I've just learned so much along the way. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's crazy. I love meeting all of the like different people that it brings, yeah. especially in New Orleans. There's always so many different types of people that come in and out through the studio, and you create these bonds with these people who are coming in, and then it essentially becomes this community, yeah. which I'm all about that, you know, especially in the yoga it's world. It's an extended so, family. Yeah, exactly. Like I have my yoga family, and mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, the business part is always ups and downs. And yeah. you know, a lot of times Brooke and I talk about that. And um, Brooke has also graduated from the 200-hour of Shanti Yoga Training School and the 300-hour. She's a 500-hour <laughs> teacher. Trans. A lot of times I've asked you to come and um, speak in our trainings and yeah. for the 200-hour trainees. And she has led classes and in the trainings. I mean, she's uh, technically, she is a teacher trainer too. So it's really... I love that's why I love having you there because you really got the method down. Plus, you have your whole personality, which is awesome. And one thing that I also love about you, and I think we'll be talking a little bit today, is your love of plants, hence this company, and also like your love of crystals and 
um, watching nature, the moon, you do also do rituals. And I think we're so in alignment with, with all of that. Um, so why don't we um, start with, yeah, I was going to ask you to to talk a little bit about your plant business. Yes. Yeah, so what's just, um, what's just grow with it? <laughs> well, just grow with it. I came with it because I came up with that name because I really love that saying. Um, how life just kind of throws things at you, but you just have to grow with it. You know, whatever has been dealt to you, you can take that and learn from it and grow from it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I did. I'm. I really like a good pun, so I kind of wanted to put that in there. Air plants. Yes. So I started it with a friend. Well, really myself, I guess I could say that. But I started with myself. I was making certain air plant things in my own home, like different art pieces, because I just really love plants. And I had a friend come in, and he had a bunch of driftwood. And I already had some pieces with that, but he was like, dude, you got to. He kind of gave me the push. And then him and I kind of bounced ideas off of each other with certain things, with certain pieces. And we've created a lot of really awesome pieces together. So we were doing a thing together and we were opening up one, like a a business together. But then I got the opportunity to open up the yoga studio. So we kind of went our separate ways because I got crazy busy with that. I had to put all my energy into that. And then uh, I kind of started having a little more time back. <laughs> and it's a hobby of mine, so I always kind of play with the plants. I have but so many plants. But the plants, for people who don't know, these are air uh, air plants. Yeah. And they're so cute and so pretty. I don't know if you guys know what air plants are, but if you know, it's just Yeah, really the reason why I gorgeous. got attracted to them was I, I originally thought that they were like super low maintenance, which they are low maintenance, mm-hmm. but I was thinking they didn't need any sunlight. Because I just thought they needed air. And I didn't think they'd really need that much water. And in my bathroom, there's no windows or anything. So I wanted to have a plant in my bathroom. But then I fell in love with these plants. I realized that they actually do need a good bit of sun. They do best with a lot of sun. You have to really keep them about three feet from a window. And they do it like water. And I totally kind of came across this on accident by putting some outside thinking, you know, I was really nervous about it, but then they ended up being the most beautiful plants that I had. They loved the Louisiana humidity. But yeah, from there, I just kind of went on to solely doing my air plants only because they're so awesome. Like, they don't even need their roots. You know, you can pull their roots off and they're totally fine. They get all of their nutrients from their leaves, which is so interesting to me. And you can hang these plants, you guys, and or you can put, you know, I have some that I got from Brooke all over the house, and it's just so cute. Like, I, I use them on my altar. I, use it. Yeah. I love the ones you do with the oyster, and it's just like yeah. a little thing <laughs> on top. And then, anyways, I just wanted to mention the plants because I really love the plants. Yeah. And there's an Instagram, which is for the plants. You guys can check out the photos. It's just grow with it, but between each word, there's an underscore. But if you just type in Just Grow With It on Instagram, it'll pop up. Yeah. And if you need a gift or you want to get it for yourself, Brooke is definitely taking orders. You can message yeah. her there. Um, I have quite a few, and I love it. I love your plants. I love them, so, too. I love that you love them. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, you you know, we have known each other now for years, right? Yeah. I took my first teacher training with you when I was 21. Wow. I'm 25 now. Four years. Yay. (laughs) It's been a long journey. And we always talk about everything from yoga to life, you know. And that's kind of why we wanted to come into life on earth today to talk about some things that Brooke and I have been talking and then maybe we wanted to share. And the topic is really um, losing people that you really love and in this case not only just losing them like separating from a relationship but really sort of like we're talking about you know when a loved one passes and how to deal with uh, letting go and how to deal with just having this human experience of being extremely attached to another being and then what happens when all of a sudden they just leave the planet you know it's like it's def and it's something that we can't not pretend it doesn't exist because everyone's going to go with, through it. And I don't, don't want to be morbid, but it's just a part of life, just as yeah, much yeah, exactly. as birth is, 
you know, death is also a part of life. And I think in the West, we have a lot harder time, it seems to me, dealing with um, this transition of the the human existence uh, versus many other cultures who, you know, can approach it in a little bit of a lighter way. And on a spiritual level... I think there's, I'm going to let you share some of your experience and however you want to start, you know, the conversation, if you want to, whoever you want to start with or how you feel about it. But on a spiritual level, there's a lot that we can, there's a lot that we can learn and there's a lot, a lot of ways that we can approach this. As we are doing this podcast, Brooke and I are sitting here at my house and we're actually drinking ceremonial grade tea, amazing tea from Global Tea Hut. And it's just so fantastic because we're having a tea ceremony as we're doing the podcast. So I might be pouring tea for us. We have our tea bowls and most of you know I love my, my teas. This, this is uh, organic. This is not the same kind of tea that you get um, in supermarket. These are um you know, some of these trees are hundreds or thousands of years old and there's no pesticides, not GMO-free and, and just uh, organic and really high vibrational tea. So um, it is also, tea ceremonies are also a form of meditation. So it's going to feel very zen. <laughs> Every yeah. time I'm drinking tea, I'm like, oh, I feel so yeah. calm. I hope everyone's having a great holiday and I'm tra- keeping track on time and we're good. So besides, yeah, so how do you, how do you feel like this year you had, you had three very important people in your life that left you? Yeah. And, um, or that you, you know, you were attached to. So how, how, how does that play out? And even like with the holidays now, like, how are you feeling? Um, the holidays have brought the emotions back up. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the first Christmas without them. Yeah. One of them just passed away like two weeks ago. So my, that was my aunt. It's pretty fresh. But I think the hardest one right now for me is my cousin. She has, She's four days younger than me and she has five kids. And so that's what's been kind of getting to me is that she has left these children behind. So I think that just because it's the holidays, it just brings up those emotions. You know, they're, oh, they're not here now. I mean, I don't even think it's just because it's the first Christmas that she's gone or they're gone. You know, it's the holidays in general. But I'm just kind of dealing, you know, going through the emotions, allowing them to come and go. And so go from there. I think it's important to just fill in that, you know, months ago, this is this, how many months ago did this happen with her? Um, she passed away May 26th. Yeah, May 26th. We're actually, we were all at the studio. I think we were having an event that Yeah, day. it was the opening yeah, party. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she, you know, ran out. I knew something had gone very wrong because Brooke was crying. And then when you came back, you told us that your cousin who was your age, right, were around yeah. your age. I mean, you guys, you knew her pretty well. So yeah. imagine that someone super young that had just passed and she did past giving birth to her child which is very rare yeah. not to scare anybody because you know it can happen anyhow but it did happen like that so it was just kind of very unexpected yeah, per se very. it wasn't like she was ill and we knew this was happening so anyway so that was hard and you had to go through a lot with that yeah and then you have a friend that that went on a car accident right yes he um... yeah that was in October, yeah. early October. And that was like he, he thought there was a bridge in yeah, a place. Yeah, the bridge was up, and he drove right off the yeah. bridge. And you, that's crazy. You know, everyone has to be very mindful of that because I heard yeah. other people has gone through the same situation yeah. with the bridge stuff. And then and then the last one is she's actually a little... The, the, your friend was also super young. Too. Yeah, he was, a, uh, I think, 23. 23, yeah. Yeah, because he was a little younger than me. Might have been 24, actually. Yeah, and your aunt was a little, a little and bit... And my older. aunt, she's actually my great aunt. Um, she was 77, mm-hmm. but she had fallen and hit her head. Yeah. And then went into a coma and things kind of went downhill. So it was like three really traumatic yeah. deaths that mm-hmm. had occurred. And so... And I never really gone, had gone through that. You know, I've mm-hmm. gone through, you know, having family members pass away. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like in these traumatic ways. And so yeah. I was like kind of a lot that I've been 
dealing with is just these things happened and I'm moving on with my life as, you know, after they happen and just going through and dealing with the emotions that come up. And Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that, emo- the, the emotions that come up? Yeah. So especially after my cousin passed away, there was a lot. I don't really cry in front of people, but I would, you know, get, I would think about her and I'd get choked up. So a lot of my like dealing with my emotions was in my car. I like because I, I live in I live in Slidell, and I commute to New Orleans all the time. So in that commute there and back, I would kind of deal in that time because I'm like all by myself, you know, during that time. So I would deal, and I mean, I would cry the whole way sometimes, just letting the emotions out, getting them out. I don't think that holding in your tears is healthy at all, especially when you're dealing with these emotions. I think you need to let it all out. Um, but then, you know, to me, I felt like there was a time and a place, but everybody goes through grieving differently. So for me, what I did was I had songs that reminded me of her. So I would turn them on, I'd listen to them, and I found it very healing. I would even sing along with I might be crying, but I was singing along with the songs, and I found it to be very uplifting, yeah. you know, and I'd, be, I'd, I'd smile while I'm singing it, you know. So that was really, really helpful for me. Well, was one big way of grieving. Another one was, um, I play the ukulele. I mean, just a little, not like crazy good. But, but you play. <laughs> but yeah, I play. you play. But, um, it's cool. My godmother had been asking me to learn the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It was so beautiful. Did you, I think you, I, either you send me or somebody. I posted it. was it. so beautiful. <laughs> So, I wish we had it actually, yeah, if you want, like send it to me, I'll try to yeah, share. It's even on my, it's on like my Instagram and stuff, I can totally send it. So my, my godmother, who is the woman who raised my cousin, so it's her grandmother. And she had been asking me to learn this song before she, my cousin Gabby had even passed away. And when my cousin did, I just felt like, you know, there was all this like energy, like emotions coming up and I needed to channel it creatively so I picked up my ukulele and I was like I'm gonna learn this song now I'd already had the notes I tried learning it before but it was kind of complicated I was having trouble so I put it down and just moved on to other songs but this I was like no I'm gonna learn it so my cousin lived in Tennessee so I grabbed my ukulele we went to Tennessee I brought it with me and throughout the whole time I was trying to learn this song and I found myself at one point playing the ukulele on the couch at Gabby's house, and I had my cousins around me, one of them being her brother. And they all just sat and listened to me try to learn this song, but they were so content about it, and like it it seemed like it was healing for them as well, even though I was like messing up chords here and there. (laughs) Like I, it was really hard for this like one specific chord transition for me. Like I could not get it down. But um, while I was playing that, my cousin looked at me and was like, did you know that this is the song that I, this is Gabby's brother. So this is the song that I had walked Gabby down the aisle to. And I was like, no, I totally forgot. Like once he said that, I remembered. And so it made that song so much more special and healing to all of us. So the next day I think was her funeral or maybe a few days after, it doesn't matter. But I, again, had all of these emotions coming up, and I needed to channel that emotion because I had no idea what to do with myself. Like, I was shaking. I, I wanted to cry, but I didn't want to. Like, there was just so much going through my mind. And so I started playing. And as I went to go record myself, which I don't ever do whenever I'm playing my instruments, you know. <laughs> so I recorded myself, and as soon as I hit the record button and went to go play, a cardinal landed in the tree next to me. And even in the video, like, you hear me, like, pause and laugh because I just knew it was Gabby. And then I played the whole song. I didn't mess up once. And then as soon as I was done playing, the cardinal flew away. And I was like, all right, Gabby, I know you're okay. You know, like, I just knew that was her. You know, she was there. It was a message. Definitely a message. And there was, like, so many cardinals that I saw before her death and then even afterwards— and there was a cardinal nest right outside of her porch, like like two feet 
from her porch. There was a whole cardinal nest of baby cardinals, and the mom and dad would come feed it. So throughout the week I was there, I watched these cardinals grow, and I knew that Gabby was watching those cardinals as well the entire time from the mother laying her eggs and all. So that was another part that was like really healing. Yeah. It was just like cardinals, and I kept seeing them That's over awesome. and over again. Yeah. <laughs> And I would think about, oh, you know, I wonder if Gabby's okay. And I'd look out the window, and there's a cardinal hopping around the yard all happy. And I'm like, all right, I got you, Gabby. You're good, you know? I think it's so beautiful that you channel this, this energy into a creative form. Yeah. You know, whether it's building and creating music or creating an artwork or anything. I yeah. think it's so awesome when we can have an outlet to express our grief and, you know, or any, in fact, any emotion that we're yeah. feeling. But sometimes we are not the best um, singer or actor or whatever it is. And that's not even the point. The point is to just put ourselves in a place that we are creating and doing you know, I think that we don't really need to have a pressure of having to be the best, what whatever it is, but do what you want to do that if there's yeah. something, and I say this to all of our listeners, like if there's something that you want to do that you feel inspired to do, even if it's painting a painting or whatever it is, create pottery or metal artwork or just go and take a class or just go and do it you yourself or start playing the piano and and just, you don't have to become, you know, the best at everything. But right. there's something about just expressing yourself. Express yourself. Yeah. Like that Madonna song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Express yourself. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we have, you know, people that leave us, it's hard. Especially if we're not used to. I think the first time that something like this happens to a person... It's, it can be quite traumatic, you know, if we're super attached. Absolutely. We're not, there's not enough preparation the way that we deal with the transition of what it is to take our last breath in this planet. There's not enough preparation for that. I feel in most cultures, especially like in the West, and I can share that when I was, um, when I was very young, my grandfather had passed, but I wasn't really, I mean, I think I was like nine or something. So I wasn't really in a situation. I really did miss him and it did create, like, I still remember I was actually like laughing so much because I was nervous and it did create something. But it, but I was, you know, I think I was still kind of, um, we also lived in a different country than him. So it wasn't like that crazy bad. But later on in my life, when I was about 18, my first, which is what I really call my first experience with death, was one of my best friends. Her name is Tanichi. And we were extremely close, like like uh, sisters, okay? It was the best, one of the best thing, friends I've ever had in my life. We did everything together. We dressed up together. We went to parties together. We had our first boyfriend together, you know, like mm-hmm. at the same time and all these things. It was a very transitional time in my life. We, we started taking... Uh, trips like that was I was around like 18 19 and maybe like 18 and 17 it was like the first like weekend trip that we took by ourselves and our parents were in there which was so fun this was in Brazil and anyways she went um she went on a on a trip to visit I I forgot if it was her aunt or some or someone like that someone in her family and she invited me on the trip but I didn't go and um, they went out that night, and it was raining so much. And they had a, her and a friend of hers. They had a car accident, and my friend was eighteen or nineteen, something like that. And she died instantly. Thank God, it was like you know something quick. But it was so crazy hard for me. Like it was, it was just. I just. I still remember when I was asking about her and. And they told me that she had passed and I was just, I didn't know what to do with myself. You know, it was just such a crazy thing. It was extremely traumatic. It was like, whoa. And then that was the first one. And then when I was in college, I had another one of my best friends, Naomi, who also passed in a car accident also. And she was about 22 years old. And that was a night that I I was also going with her to this party and had I gone I would have slept over at her place and we would have I would have been in that car it's crazy both which times. is crazy yeah both times That's both so times crazy. 
Yes. And so that was, again, a whole nother thing, which really put me to face this transitional <laughs> thing that we call death um, very, very, at, at a very young age. And also, my first boyfriend, his name is Julien, I was with him for, I mean, many years. And we met when we were about, you know, we were friends, first just friends. And he was then my first boyfriend. I was 15, 16. I was with him until my early 20s, like maybe 20, you know. And then we became very good friends and we were back and forth, that kind of stuff. It was my first love of my life who also passed. And in this case, this was a little bit later on. We were not together, but we were seeing, still seeing each other on and off. And um, I had spoken with him three days before and he actually committed suicide. And it was um, extremely, extremely traumatic for me. But it's just something that we deal with in this life and it's it doesn't get like any better I don't think but at the same time sometimes it's just healing to think that this is something that we're all gonna go through Mm -hmm. and that this where we are today is temporary which is why every day I begin my days with gratitude every day I, I I have this deep knowledge in my heart that life is a gift And sometimes I even tell, I finish my yoga classes and I'll say, you know, before we say namaste and we om, I'll say, you know, this is a gift. Let's take a moment of gratitude for the gift of life, for the opportunity to be here. And we we get to live this life at this moment because it's never a guarantee. You know, I don't know how many more years I have. I don't know how many, any of the loved ones around me. I don't know. You know, when you say goodbye to someone you love, you you just don't know if you hope, you know, you're going to see them again. But I mean, in this third dimensional physical incarnation at this time, in the yogi context, there are many lives. And so there is a, also, there is this belief that, Birth is simply a continuation of something that has always existed. And so is death. is simply a continuation of something that has always existed. So the spirit never ceases to exist, which in yoga we call it the purusha. It's, it's that self with a capital S that's really deep. deep. Even the soul already has some uh, personality and some attachments to like who you are and all that stuff but the spirit is really that essence of who we are that is eternal there is no beginning and there is no end and in the eyes of god or the higher power or universal love whatever you want to call it who are we to know what we have agreed to we have what we have not agreed to on a soul level here on this planet, on this life right now. Like, we just don't know, you know? We don't know. Sometimes there's a belief that there is a reason for everything. Everything, and some some people are just, for some reason, that is mysterious to us because we don't really exactly understand and know. Some people are here for a very short period of time, and even some animals, I like to think of animals too, like how interesting that they live such short lives. Yeah. They're such angels. Yeah. You know? I might totally convince my dog's going to come back as a human <laughs> in her next life. <laughs> she might if she agrees to it. <laughs> she wants to be a human so she bad. Wants to she be like a human. mocks, tries to like imitate yeah. what we do, like sitting <laughs> on a couch, like upright and stuff. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm so convinced. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't, even though. You know, there are all these spiritual principles and precepts and all that. I also don't like to deny that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the body, the only one I have right now at this time. And this is the only one you have right now at this time. So we better take care of it. We better take care of the people around us. And and when somebody leaves this this life at this moment as we know it, of course I'm going to miss them, you know, of course, of course, like there's going to be pain, there's going to be hurt. But one thing that I always, I just sort of know, I can explain how I know this, but it's just something maybe because I've had all these experiences in my life. I just know deeply in my heart that when somebody passes, it's really important to 
send them healing light, send them yeah, love, and, and think about them in the highest version of who they are. I've heard this before too. So think about them and like, don't think about them. Even like my, my father passed a few years ago and, in in unfortunately, and he had cancer. So I kind of, we kind of saw it coming more or less, but of course I miss it every day. And since he's passed, we were even closer now. We're closer now than when we were, we were close. Don't get me wrong. But like, I feel like he has come to me in so many of my dreams and he has come to me in so many shapes and forms. And I get so many messages that I feel so close to his spirit and I feel his presence in in my life. The same with my dog, Lola, who was with me for, you know, 15 and a half years who that happened just a few months ago. And I think because I have gone through so many of these losses, I just know that when it, the transition and the time for transitioning come, that um, it's really, yes, we can cry and we can, you know, we have to go through our own grieving process. And, and like you said, everyone is different, but it's also really important to allow them to continue on the path of light, to send them yeah. love, to send them light, to create for yeah. I think like creating songs, flowers, paintings, yeah. whatever it is, those are gifts. Right, yeah. I have like a little altar set up at home. Um, it started with just Gabby's picture, and I have I lit a candle for her every night, and I would look at her picture, so I'm like visualizing her, and I would send her love and light. And then my friend Brandon passed away, so we added his picture, and I have two candles, <laughs> and I light one. I make sure, you know, I send that intent for both, and um, now I have the third one, my aunt, so I have her picture on there right now, and I send, you know, I light their candles every night and send them love and light, you know, really visualizing them, and just, I'm almost being happy for them as well as they found this peace, like, you were there whenever Gabby had passed away and I got the news, but right before, we were listening to a sitar player yeah. play. Yeah. And it was like a, like a meditation almost. You just sit and you yeah. listen. So I was closing my eyes. And I, I knew Gabby was having some complications at this point um, after her, her birth. But I really, truly felt like she was going to pull through. And I felt this overwhelming feeling of peace in my heart. And I felt her. And I smiled because I thought she's going to be okay. About five minutes later, that's when I got the phone call. But what I came to realize was that I felt her passing. And I really, I'm so grateful that I was able to feel that because I was able to know, really know that she found peace. You know, I felt her peace. I felt her pass and I felt her peace that she was feeling as she passed. So that was really comforting for me to know how peaceful that is. I mean, I know some people, well, I have one person in particular who had like a near-death experience Mm -hmm. and he's always said that, you know, he could never leave his children, but when he saw the white light and his father came to him, was telling he had hit his head really hard and he was like, his dad was telling him to get up, get up, you know, it's not your time. And he's like, no, I want to come with you. Like he wanted, he said the light was so inviting and so peaceful that he wanted to go to it. But his father was just kept telling him, no, this isn't your time. And he came back, and, now, and he's still recovering from the head injury. But I just found that yeah. to be really comforting as well whenever he told me that. Near-death experiences is something that has always fascinated me. Yeah. Because this is something that all over the world there are, you know, so many. Yeah. So thousands and thousands and thousands, if not more, of stories of accountable and it's just it's just so fascinating you know that everyone has seen all that and have gone through these experiences the reason why I'm pulling my internet here to look is because there's a book that I recommend and um, this book is really amazing is by a woman called Mary Neal it's called seven lessons from heaven how dying taught me to live a joy-filled life it's uh, yeah. she had a near death experience, and I have to read that. it's just an amazing book. I mean, she had this crazy 
near-death experience and she's an md she's a doctor and she didn't even believe in any of this and then this happened to her it's just an incredible and fascinating yes. thing and then you know? hear, hearing their stories makes you feel a lot more at peace with your loved ones yeah. passing as well just to know that you know they're in a, a, a peaceful place yeah and messages come in many shapes and forms. I think they are everywhere, Absolutely. always. I think it's just a matter of us opening our eyes, our ears, and the sensitivity to know that sometimes seeing the messages that we get from our loved ones who are not here anymore in this third-dimensional physical form, but they are saying, still saying hello to us and letting us know that they are around. One thing that's... Um, very, very interesting to me is that when I moved to this house, my neighbors, their dog's name is Julianne, which yeah. is... And Gabby's is, only son is named Julian. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's my, my first boyfriend's yeah. name, Julianne. So it's it's so funny, right? Yeah. So it's it's not a name. He's He was French and it's not a name that I hear all the time. Yeah. Julian and spelled exactly the same. And I was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> you know, and I really felt like I felt immediately when I when I heard that, I just knew that it, it was when I moved to this house and I knew that it was a form of him to say, hey, hello, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just saying hello. Yeah. Hey there. Hey there. <laughs> I'm still around, yeah. you know, um, you're the essence of who we are and we can be in so many forms and we can appear in so many forms. Sometimes we can't see someone, but we can connect with them. So what do you, what do you have if somebody is dealing with, um, loss or perhaps will deal with, what do you have something, if you can like tune into your heart, what is it that comes from a place that you would say, this is something that I recommend or that I would yeah. suggest um, that for you since you have this experience. Yeah, I felt like there were so many different things that I didn't get to say to Gabby specifically. This is more so whenever, like, you know, in May or June, whenever I was dealing with this. But there, I just felt like there was so much unsaid and I hadn't, I didn't get to talk to her for a little while. And I was wanting to go see her in Tennessee um, around Christmas time, but that obviously didn't get to happen. So I just had all these emotions, and I felt like I wanted to talk to her so bad. And I had actually, while she was going through some complications, I had reached out to her, and I contacted her, and I was like, no, you're going to be fine, you know? Like, so I was trying to talk and like reach out at that point. But then when I didn't get the chance to have her respond back or anything, it was just like I was already missing her. And maybe like I just now I'm stuck missing her forever. So I wrote her a letter. I addressed it to her. And I just wrote out everything I wanted to say to her, anything that I had on my mind. And honestly, words just kind of started flowing onto the paper. It was kind of scattered all over the place, but it didn't matter. So I did that. And then I folded that letter. And I stuck it behind her picture in, a, in the frame. That I just felt like, you know, it was to her. And I would light the candles. For a little bit, I had placed the picture frame at, sh- at the studio. So I would dedicated some yoga classes to her. And I opened up to, at the end of class. I would tell any of the students who were in there, you know, if this happens to you, I, I welcome you to come in and we'll dedicate a class. If you want to put the picture up for a couple of weeks, we can do that. So I wanted it to be like a community thing. Like I'm going through this and I know I'm not the only one. So I want to reach out to other people. If this happens to you, let's share, you know, let's go through it together. So I found that to be really healing for one. Um, definitely putting your energy into some kind of creative work, whether it's music or painting, drawing, writing, whatever feels more natural to you. Um, that was probably like another main thing that or that is a main thing that helped me through it. I played so much ukulele. <laughs> um, I also did a lot of air plant creating. I actually made one and you ended up buying it. Oh, wow. Is that the... It was the big piece. The big piece. What, with the wood, what is it, a trunk or... It was a huge piece of driftwood. Yeah. And it, it was, we stained it and then I... I put moss on it, like hand glued the moss onto it. I and then love, the air plants. I love this piece. This is my big table. Yeah, it's the it centerpiece. It's a really beautiful piece. It's the centerpiece. When I saw it, I was like, whoa, that is just gorgeous. 
Yeah. I had to have it. There was a lot of passion (laughs) in that. (laughs) We love that piece. I still love it every day. I cherish it. So thank you for making it. (laughs) See, there are many good things that can come out of these things. Yeah, you know, my dad, when my dad passed, I also wrote him a letter. I sat down one day that I was calm in a beautiful afternoon, took a deep breath and wrote this, you know, many pages on a notebook, um, basically told him many things that I wanted to tell him that maybe we hadn't had a chance to talk it through or also told him how much I loved him and all, all and, and also spoke of our, any differences that we had that were left unspoken, yeah. anything. It felt so healing because when he passed, I also wasn't in the same country. So that was very tough for me because I didn't, I felt like I didn't have closure. I wasn't with him the last couple of days and that he was alive or, you know, I didn't really, we didn't, we thought he was actually stable and it was very like kind of, he's just like all of a sudden went to the hospital. Next thing you know, it was gone. So I didn't really have time to fly to the next continent to go be with him. So it was really important for me to have an outlet. And I felt writing the letter to him, which nobody else has ever read that letter. It's a letter that I wrote. It was in between. Yeah, it's in between him and I. And I felt like, whoa, something like really released. I feel when my spirit was ready, I started getting visitations from him in my dreams and there was a time that there was a lot of visitation in my dreams and then that kind of quiet down to and now it's kind of like once in a while but there was a time that we were working through a lot of things in my dreams which I do that a lot I dream I work a lot I have a, I get a lot of my answers through my dreams and if anyone's interested in that the way to the way that I approach that is I set an intention. Well, I do, usually I do like a, a, a have a five-minute meditation. I create an energy bubble, which I actually want to release a meditation like that, a healing technique on the on podcast. You ask for protection, you create an energy bubble, and then I set an intention before I go to bed. And it could be, and the way I do is I usually have uh, my crystal, which I'm actually going to grab. I usually have an, a crystal like in the form of an angel. <laughs> I have a rose quartz and I have a clear quartz and I'll hold on to it, take a deep breath and I'll say my intention, something that's bothering me or that I want to find out the answer or the intent, you know, whatever is like a, call it a prayer too. And then I place my crystal on my bedside and I sleep and there are many nights that the answer will come during my dreams. And when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I know. Okay, awesome. now I know I what that. to do. And then I have to get a notebook and I, I write it down and I just sort of download it. It's, it's a process that I have. I've been working with dreams for many years to practice a lot of lucid dreaming, a lot mm-hmm. of like different techniques with dreams. I don't know. I just love dreaming. I yeah, know that a same. lot of people, <laughs> a lot of artists have even created books and pieces in their dreams. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I love to dream. I do love to dream. I like pick apart each one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know that we're cutting short on time because you uh, have to go. I think that we are going to have to do another podcast on crystals. I would love that. But before you go, I have something for you. And this, what is it? Open it up. (laughs) Little mini Christmas gift for Brooke. She gave me the most awesome Christmas gift the other day too. And it was like something to do with the crystal. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so sweet. <laughs> oh Aww. my gosh, it's a citrine necklace. And what's so funny is you told me to write down yeah. certain crystals that you love that I loved, and citrine is on there. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love it. I'm yeah. gonna put it on. It's from Agora Crystals. And so this card here. This is from my line, Agora Crystals, and on the back it says, Crystals are magical and healing. Wake up every day in gratitude. Raise the vibration of our beautiful planet. Hang out with crystals and spread love. (laughs) And it's a beautiful card, too. Beautiful card. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. But, you know, this, this is a clear quartz with citrine. I love it. And tell them what citrine stands for. So... It can be a really cleansing crystal. I actually like to bathe with like this. Mm-hmm. I have this big piece of citrine that I actually keep in my bathroom, but I like to put it in my bathtub and bathe with it. So it's really cleansing. It brings upon you know clarity, prosperity, 
Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so in love with this no, necklace. Thank you so, so much. I'm so glad you like citrine is also the crystal that creates abundance yeah. in your life. So it's great oh. for abundance and clear quartz is also um, an amplifier of energy, yes. sort of like the master healer. Citrine brings, you know, anything that you want strength, in, uh, strength and abundance and it makes protection. you uh, protection. I mean, all crystal it's just so f- fantastic. I love citrine too. I'm like yeah. so in love with it. Yeah. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for doing this. Let's do a whole crystal podcast sometime. Okay. And thank you so much. I hope that everyone found this conversation very healing. And I know Brooke has to go, so I'm going to let you go. I also do want to mention that if you are going through a loved one's passing, I want you to sit and think about all of the good memories that you had and be grateful for that, that you had the opportunity to have that person in your life and have memories with them. However many memories you had with them, I found that to be extremely healing as well. And it puts a huge smile on my face and a big feeling of gratitude in my heart that I've had these experiences with these beautiful humans. And now that they're gone, I can sit with those memories and just smile. I love that you said that because out of the so many, I don't know how many billions of people on the planet that we have right now, the fact that you were born around that person that you love around the same time, era, same years on this planet, and somehow you connected while you were alive on planet Earth, what, what are the chances? I mean, it's truly a miracle. Yeah. You know, so the, that is... You, we can never forget that. That it is a miracle, all these interactions that we have. There's no coincidence that this person Absolutely was not, yeah. put in your life. So think about all of the wonderful times you have together. Think about how what a blessing it was to have someone like that in your life with exactly. you during whatever time that you had together with that person or also that being yeah. It could be your dog as well or your yeah. cat. I know it's like really hard to let the, those go too. They're here for sh- so short compared to, Yeah. but you know, I've also heard that they're, they're, they don't really have a lot of karma to burn. So they're just so, so clear that they're just here to kind of enlighten us for a very short time and then they're off on their journey. So anyways, but how can people connect with you? Um, Soulful Yoga offers vinyasa flow, restorative yoga, meditation. And um, how can people connect with you on Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. It's Soulful Yoga, but Soulful is two words. So it's Soulful, (laughs) F-U-L-L. Yeah, and what's the website? Our website is soulfulyoganola.com. And your Instagram. And my Instagram is Brooke Bodo. My last name is spelled B-A-U-D-O-T, but we can you can add that in the comments <laughs> after. Yeah, we'll add um, Brooke's information on the show notes. And you mentioned you wanted to give them a little perk. Yes. If you have heard this podcast and you come to Soulful Yoga, I will offer you 10% off. So just mention it to your instructor, whoever it may be, and we will give you 10% off. Hi, hi everyone. So this is part two of our recording with Brooke. She had to leave and I wish the conversation had gone a little longer because certainly that is not a topic that is easy to access and to go deep into. But I think that we we hopefully did it justice and that you enjoyed the conversation. Brooke is such a sweet soul and she's been an amazing yogini to have around these past few years. I've shared many wonderful moments with her, and I hope that you enjoy her spirit as well, as much as I do. So life and death, right? We're here and then we're not. The moment goes by so fast, and so many of us have so many different experiences to share. I really believe that We all have a purpose on this planet. And I really believe that there is a higher plan. And sometimes we don't understand why certain things happen or why they are a certain way. But on a soul level, 
there must be a contract. And then what we understand as in our physical, human, third-dimensional form, I believe the spirit comprehends in a much, much brighter, wider sense. So maybe sometimes something that doesn't really make sense to us doesn't necessarily not make sense at all. Perhaps we just can't comprehend because of our attachments and where we are today. But if we were able to zoom out and really see the big, big picture and the many lives and the many experiences and how much growth we can we can get by sometimes things that didn't necessarily feel good as we're going through it, but on our soul level, they were exactly what we needed. Certainly losing all the friends I lost at a young age who were extremely dear and close to me did not feel good. Certainly losing the person who was my best friend and first boyfriend was extremely hard. However, I don't know what was, I don't know why they were here for. I don't know what is, what have they agreed to do well in that particular incarnation. That is in between them and the God of their own understanding. We all have beliefs. We all have different ways that we view the world. Faith is something that I feel is extremely, extremely important. I have faith in life. I feel energies. And any of you who are on this journey of self-discovery, of growth, body, mind, spirit, with the foods that you eat, the company you keep, what you choose to put your attention, your energy into, all of that is going to bring you into a higher state of sensitivity. And you will know that the things that brings joy into our life, the things that bring love, is what we want to connect more with. And we will continue to attract more of that into our lives when we are living our lives in alignment. I close you with this today. Hope everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful holiday. This uh, podcast episode was a request. I had a few people who had asked for this topic. And if you have any requests for life on earth, I would love love to take your request and to see because this is how we keep the conversation growing and interesting. I feel it's an exploration of life. It's an exploration of the feelings we have, the experiences we have, the different times in our lives, right? Whether we're older, younger, places on the planet, all is happening simultaneously. It's all an experience. And I do have a question that one of our dear listeners sent me, and I would love to address. So Kylie, who lives in West Monroe, she says, do any of your animals seem drawn to you when you meditate? And she sent me this really cute picture of her cat, whose name is Rumbo, and Rumbo is adorable. This is Rumbo, and he needs meditation as much as I do, apparently, because he finds me every time I start the practice and demands to sit with me. It really is turning into a great tool for me, something just as small as a reminder uh, to meditate. Today, I, uh, I did an experiment. I moved to a different room where I have been meditating and slipped away from the animals to see if it was just a coincidence. However, Rumble, he still found me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, thank you so much, Kylie. I did want to address, this is so awesome because many years ago when I was in India, in one of my trips, I was studying with Professor Narasimha who 
taught me transcendental meditation and who was a disciple of Maharishi Mahesh, who taught the Beatles, the Maharishi Mahesh and, you know, TM. So I love, I love this teacher. He's just so wonderful. And one of the lectures that he was giving, somebody asked, what about yoga and animals? And what about, you know, meditation and animals? Because my animals tend to gravitate towards me every time I sit in meditation or I practice yoga or something devotional in that manner. And, you know, this is funny because a lot of us laughed in the room because most of us have experienced the same thing. If I put my yoga mat down in my living room, my cats come right by it. One of them literally likes, how it likes to be like on my yoga mat and Emilio comes right by me and, you know, and Lola, God bless her. She left me. Um, this is my, my baby dog that passed about two months ago. And I mean, she was my baby and she, she lived with me for 15 and a half years on the topic of this podcast. Of course, it's, um, I'm heartbroken, still heartbroken. And I don't think this is something I'm going to ever forget her. She lives with me forever. But Lola, God bless her soul, she would always come and sit on my yoga mat. And it was just so awesome. And then she knew that when I was doing my poses, she needed to be a little bit away. And the minute it was Shavasana, if I invited them, I said, okay, come. And they all come and do Shavasana with me. Anyways, Professor Narasimha said, animals are vibrational beings. Animals only see energy. They are attracted by our energy. They don't communicate. They don't see the same way that we do. This is why, you know, the dogs will sometimes, if someone has really bad neg negative energy, they won't even want to be around them, right? So they see your energetic bubble. They see your energetic field. They see the vibration. And of course, they are attracted by peace, love, and joy. Joy is one of the highest vibrations we could possibly come in contact with. And who doesn't want to be around something peaceful? So, yeah, when we are meditating, for sure. You know, when you, when you sit in a state of meditation, I don't even know how to say this in English correctly, but there's light, your light body is literally glowing. And not only glowing, but like shooting out of your body into the, all the energetic field around you. So you're literally vibrating in bright light and showing. I mean, there have been studies that have measured the frequency and the vibration that they have seen light coming out, light body coming out of people when they sit. I mean, this, is, this stuff is just, it's amazing. It's so powerful, right? I love the quote that says, In prayer, we speak to God. In meditation, we listen. Your whole etheric body, your whole being lightens up with light, with love. And love, we are all here to learn what love is. Sometimes we learn what love is not so that we can really learn what love is. The tea that we were drinking with Brooke is from Global Tea Hot. You can definitely check them out, globalteahot.org. I'm reading a book right now written by Aaron Fisher, Tea Master Wuda from Global Tea Hot. It's called The Way of Tea, Reflections on a Life with Tea. I'm so in love with this book. Um, it's amazing. Sitting with a bowl of tea and sitting in tea ceremony each day has brought so much into my life. I love to start my day in silence with some high vibrational leaves, feeling the trees, the energy of the plants every morning in silence, at least three bowls. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for continuing to spread love and light on this planet. Thank you for believing in this podcast and believing in me. I believe in you. And never forget who you are. Much love, and I hope to 
speak to you guys all very soon. Bye bye.